welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is one of the guys who represents Daft Punk, Clay Williams. Man, imagine that. Imagine that being uh, like a thing I've been holding back from the world that I represent Daft mm-hmm. Punk. Just like <laughs> secretly in yeah. my heart. And, and it's like, almost as if like their identities are kept hidden shit. and like your identity has to be kept hidden too. It's like you're in this together. Man, how if you were part of Daft Punk, how often would you wear that? Mm. Like, how is it like going into the shower? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, but also, like, every public function, like, what if you're going to a family dinner? Does the helmet come with Christmas? Like, oh man, do you take it off when you're eating? Is there a compartment where you can kind of just lift it up and you're like, yeah, that's been the joke with them for a lot of years, like. Like they'll take it off and they're like can't get it off like <laughs> like it's stuck to their. their it's one their of those head. things where I'm like they were say, oh they're like in the beginning of the movie like they you know they very much like point towards oh this is Daft Punk and I'm like are you sure yeah. have you like you know like they're not wearing helmets right now I don't know if you can be totally sure if this is Daft Punk or not you you know that's like the only identifying feature if they're not wearing helmets I can't believe they're Daft Punk yeah and the fact that it's like the running gag is. Uh... They, they keep failing <laughs> and uh anything you've seen recently that you'd like to that's all my daft bring? punk knowledge yeah. <laughs> oh oh yeah that's right that's what we do at the beginning of the podcast we talk about things you've seen recently well since um, you have no no bits I... to, to introduce us with i guess that was our i mean that was kind of the bit the talking about daft punk. that's true I thought that was yeah, kind of a yeah. bit um uh semi bit uh half a bit I haven't seen anything that I haven't talked about because we were recording this kind of close together to um, our last recording. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't seen anything new since then uh, besides the Oscars, which we don't really need to talk about because uh, what's there to say? It happened. We all watched it. It was bad. Let's move on. Um, but yeah, I've, I've mostly been, I've been playing a lot of, uh, so I got a Nintendo Switch because I was able to figure out how to get some extra moolah, uh, just tax stuff and like, oh, I get a tax rebate. I have like, you know, spending money now and I got a Nintendo Switch and I've been on that playing whatever, uh, like I think they're playing the new Pokemon game and trying to play um, like Smash Brothers with uh, some friends. But besides that, it's been all pretty chill getting ready for school and stuff. I haven't been really watching anything besides just the regular old awesome. like basketball and yeah. stuff. Fabulous. Uh, what about you, Mr. Draper? What have you been well, watching? Well, I mean, if I mean basketball can count if you want to like do a quick corner. And, and, uh, yeah, NBA, man. It's like... Is basketball cinema, I guess, is the, the question now. Uh, running it up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I've always... There is a channel, I think I've shouted out, called Basketball Cinema. Oh. That's basically just breaking out narratives and like like i don't know i I think it's a good channel um i think it's on youtube uh but no i mean basketball season's wrapping up man things are getting heated standings are changing playoffs are going to begin soon it's all very exciting uh if you want to know more basketball opinions you can follow me on twitter (laughs) because that's what i mostly tweet about that's don't really tweet about movies most much more anymore Uh it's mostly basketball so you want my opinions they're they're there yeah. i promise you beautiful uh yeah i think i'll shout out uh, i'll shout out gas food lodging that was really good that i saw um 
it's just like a quiet indie drama from the early 90s um just like about a mother-daughter relationship that um is in this small rural town uh yeah it's i think it's a directorial debut it's really good Lillian Crawford is here with us. Um, would you like to, hello, uh, if you'd like to hello. say anything that you've seen recently? Ooh. Um, so, well, in, in preparation for the Oscars on Saturday, I uh, I sort of did a little catch up, watched Coda, The Lost Daughter, and Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, that was that was quite an evening. Um, Lost Daughter was excellent. The other two, not quite as excellent. Um, and I watched, um, I rewatched The Worst Person in the World um, in the cinema on Friday, which was great because I adore that film. Um, mm -hmm. And I saw X, which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I've been, 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 been seeing quite a few films at the moment. Um, there's, there's a lot coming out, so it's uh, an exciting time. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is like the time of the year that's like big movies are starting to come out and uh, like right now it's starting to see like more of the year that it's that's been happening but um yeah worst person's just like pretty phenomenal ambulance. I think. let's just let's just talk about Ambul yeah, ambulance yeah yeah ambulance right right yeah 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 Abdul Mateen, uh, yeah you're gonna show up yeah, in a paramedic I, I, uniform i haven't seen yeah. ambulance yet I, I... yeah i think it's getting to you first i'm, I'm gonna try I, I don't know if they'll, they'll they might get confused me Oh, I think it's getting, going uh, to the UK seen, uh, before the states. Oh yeah, it's it's been out here. It's been out here about a week uh, since Friday. I think. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Awesome. yeah, I've seen a, yeah a whole bunch of UK critics. Um, so I was like, oh, they must. Have they done was it yeah, because Michael years. Bay was doing a sort of premiere tour in his three-piece suit. He was going to all the different uh, capitals of Europe to to bring his film. Apparently, when they um, opened it in London, he switched the film off after two minutes um deciding that he wanted to start it from the beginning so that he could watch it because he'd been out of the room when it started so they had to start the whole thing again which is not not an easy thing to do with 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 us with a large cinema projection but there you go hmm. yeah, michael bay gets what michael bay wants <laughs> yeah it seems like yeah it's aggressive it's, it's someone who who presents himself as so pro-american yeah. he has to Put his movie overseas first I, I don't know i'm i'm sensing some hypocrisy michael right right what what are you hiding from us yeah let's just have the ambulance too we want it yeah, because, it's because he's an auteur it has he has to have it sort of come out mm -hmm. in europe first mm -hmm. like all the all the all, guess, all the indie filmmakers do mm -hmm. um you know yeah I, I maybe maybe that's one for me to go and see i've heard nothing but but great things about how mm -hmm wildly entertaining it is not necessarily as a good movie but as a movie experience so maybe maybe, maybe that's one for that's me, what michael but... bay is exactly. I, I i don't want to like i don't want to start any beef or anything but i just read one of the reviews and it immediately started out with talking about michael bay's politics like the first line and i'm like what are we doing here mm -hmm. guys what's what kind of discourse do we really be running i mean at it's this like, point we know yes, what we're getting we into with bay politics. you know uh -huh. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, all right, but like this is you're reviewing the movie Ambulance. Yeah. Let's like that has that's your first line of the review. You're not yeah. going to actually talk about the work instead of just his. I, I mean, I I personally personal... think it's it's you know it's a great thing and alone ha having it as like Ambu L A and that's great. 
site <laughs> and all the posters. It's yeah. just genius. Beautiful. Just brilliant. Uh, brilliant. And it looks, and it, it looks like a real almost, movie. It's almost it's as good very, as, uh, yeah, it's almost as good yeah. as like Sezen or uh, <laughs> Forum. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fan force. Yeah, as we just very discussed. Good. Very good. But yeah, ambulance. That's what ambulance. I want to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've texted. I already texted a friend earlier. Was just like, hey, you want to? You, you like Michael Bay movies, right? And he's like, hell yeah. And I'm like, you want to go see Ambulance together? And he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> see, it's bringing people together. You could do that with like a friend. They. I can always trust a bro, man. Sometimes you just need Seriously. a bro, and like, yeah, it, like this, like. <laughs> I love him, but he's a meathead. But and I'm like, all right, I can trust the meathead to go and watch a Michael Bay movie. So yeah, so. and like sometimes you just like can call up a friend that you haven't seen like years, and it's like just ambulance. Like you haven't seen them in a decade or something, and they're like ambulance. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> Is it a long film? I feel like it's probably long. I would imagine so because I, uh... I don't know because it feels like Michael Bay sort of going back to like pre-transformers day mm, sure um, which which i which i like the sound of that's mm. like what's what, what's selling this one too is this in the vein of like the um, island or or something like that yeah or like the rock or mm-hmm. something like that it's 136 minutes <laughs> wow. but, you know it's 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 not it's not the batman long right but it's not that is it's not sure very much over two hours yeah yeah his movies always look good if nothing else um uh, also, the Northman out soon. That's fun. Can't wait. That's coming soon. When is that coming? That's Late coming April, soon. and for us at least. I'll, uh, I'll I'll plug my 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 devoted publication, Little White Lies, which currently has the Northman on the cover. It's got a very yes, gorgeous yeah. sort of illustrated uh, cover on there. So that's uh, a very that's upset a nice Alexander issue. Skarsgård on it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's no review in it because I guess there's some sort of embargo i don't even know if the people working on the issue on like the main stuff have even been able to see it yet so i think they've started doing press screenings i've started to notice some some uh blank northman reviews falling into my letterbox so um interesting yeah i yeah. i i look forward to finding out what people make of it i mean obviously the only reason why i'm even remotely interested is is for Anya taylor joy um mm. but there you go yeah Second is Bjorn. Full Viking. Not a Skarsgård head. Full Viking. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. No. Second is Bjork. Mm. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, yes, she'll... of course. She knows something we don't, the great, for sure. The great Bjork acting uh, comeback. Which yeah. Have all the acting. Needed. Uh-huh. Yes. I do hope yeah. she sings in it. That would be Yeah, that would, be cool. that would roll. Like, yeah, like... It, I mean, if it, if it turned out to be like a sort of dancer in the dark musical, I'd be delighted oh my god yeah god what a movie uh yeah usually we start things off with just finding a little bit about yourself and finding where you find your love of film so if you have any movies that got you into movies we'd love to know oh my goodness the catalyst the nexus (laughs) the yeah what uh, the seismic event that led to your i love how you redefine me like (laughs) i don't introduce it well enough i mean i just also want to say I also just want to say those words. That's mostly. <laughs> I just want to say catalyst. Yeah, that's, yeah. okay. Really. Yeah. yeah, fair, fair, oh. fair. Well, it's it's probably well. I, I the first film I ever saw was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which I received as a VHS. I think for Christmas when I was when I was a small child. Um, and then the first film I ever saw at the cinema was Monsters Inc. Um, in two thousand and one. So I was what 
two, just over two. Um, and I re- I asked my parents like, huh, they must need a really big VHS tape to play a film on a screen that size because I didn't understand that it wasn't proportional. <laughs> Um, so maybe that's where it started. I've always loved Disney. I'm a big Disney fan. Um, so that, that's, that's always been special. Um, but then sort of getting more into sort of serious cinema, I really don't know where that came from. Because <laughs> no one in my family sort of had quite a serious approach to it. Like my, my, my family all love films, but I, I don't think it was sort of, none of them are as obsessed as I am. Um, I think, right. I think I probably started reading Empire magazine when I was about 11, 12, maybe, maybe a bit older than that. Um, And that sort of introduced me to like, oh, wow, you can actually like watch films. And that's like a job. That's crazy. Um, And yeah, kind of just carried on going from there, did an internship at Little White Lies in 2018, which was great. That sort of got me into film criticism. Um, And now I just write about films all the time and talk about them all the time. It's what I do. Perfect. Yeah. I, I love how the story was like so well articulated and like well told. It's just, just felt like there was no directions <laughs> to go people... in. And like, no, that's great. That's, I love it. <laughs> I did, I did a, a, lot of I did a film like, masters mm. as well. So I did like, so I started to do some film stuff when I was, um, doing my, my, my undergraduate degree um, at university and, and um, I edited the film section of the student paper and, and did a lot of film writing that way. Um, that's how I became, I really fell in love with like post-war British film, which is my sort of main area of research. Um, oh, cool. And I have my podcast, uh, Listen to Lillian, which is all about um, that period of, of, well, actually it's more about British film more broadly actually um and sort of female representation representations of queerness that kind of thing so um yeah that's what i love um and i did my masters and then covid happened and i didn't know what to do (laughs) so now i work in tv now i work in tv on a, a quiz show called university challenge where i write lots of very hard questions um mostly film questions and then being told that i should actually write on some other things as well but then try to make it about film um yeah but i still do a lot of sort of podcasts and articles and reviews and things it's it's good fun beautiful perfect would you have any uh recommendations out of curiosity for post-war british cinema oh my god i mean uh, like ones that come to mind first yeah, my, um, my, my favorites are Palin Press my favorites are Palin Pressburger's films, so like yes. The Red Shoes and uh, Tales of Hoffman and those 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 um, Matter of Life and Death, you know, all of those yeah. they're just they're, they're sublime. And then I know where I'm going is very underrated. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I adore that film. Yeah. Um and Canterbury Tales, another one that's that's sort of mm-hmm. underrated but just as good as the I really have to see sort of... Colonel Blimp, like but every time I see oh, that runtime, I'm like, oh my oof. Yeah. Oh, it's it's shorter than the Batman. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's the test. Now. Um, oh, that's that's great. the test now. Any film that that's like like I feel like that is one of the <laughs> longest experiences in the cinema I've ever had. So anything that's shorter than that, I'm just like, yeah, it's not it's not that long. Um, I love it. Yeah. But yeah, and, and um, Ealing Studios films, so yeah. stuff like Kind Hearts and Coronets. Those My test um, that I brought up recently was like, uh, how many times can I watch Jackass 2 
in the span of like <laughs> the ceremony for the Oscars. Like, I could do it like three times, multiple times, yeah, multiple. Yeah. <laughs> Jackass films that are over an, an evil length. I think they're <laughs> they're a sweet like eighty minutes. It's it's, it's, oh, uh, it's gorgeous. It becomes yeah. very it becomes very easy to just con- to just do a sort of rewatch mm-hmm. marathon and yeah, you know. And two is the sweet spot where it's like I I, I hadn't seen any Jackass films, and then the fourth one was coming out, and I finally watched them, and I was like, "Same with me, yes." And then I was like, "Oh my god, these are so good!" Yeah, seriously, why are they so good? Why am I so compelled by watching these men sort of inflict pain upon themselves? (laughs) Um, And yet, that and yet there was something very appealing about that. And yet, Um, yeah. And yet, and and seeing Jackass Forever in a cinema was one of the best <laughs> film experiences I've ever had. I, I've, I don't think I've ever been in an audience that was so involved and engaged in a film. Yeah. Um, it almost felt like we were at a time when, um, <laughs> when like Jackass Forever came out, like we needed it. Um, like we were at a point yeah, in the no, pandemic where it's like this is this is important. Like this needs to. This can't just be. I mean, it almost makes sense now, like, regardless of everything that happened or, like, any, mm. like, COVID waves, like, it was right for Paramount Plus to just be like, no, you need to just, like, get together and, like, have a communal experience with uh, with our friends, Danger Aaron and Steve-O. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. No, and definitely. 2 is so perfect because it's, like, it finally found its way to, like, differentiate itself from the show and now be its own thing. And I just love the way that movie opens and ends. It's fantastic yeah Uh, very very good um yeah why don't we just uh put on our headphones and get into eden um you can start off please with your first time watching it um and your experience with me a handsome love oh my gosh Uh... hello Qu'est-ce qui vous plaît dans cette musique Le côté robot de la musique électronique avec la chaleur qui apporte la solo. On sent les, les DJ en devenir là. Alors c'est vous le petit duo de garage dont tout le monde parle C'est qui ces mecs Thomas Eggman Sur des sons, t'as jamais entendu ça Thomas. Thomas et Daft Punk. Je crois pas continuer longtemps à faire le DJ, j'espère. Vous pouvez me prêter 2000 francs T'as pas les moyens de te payer l'eau chaude, mais tu t'achètes quand même des t-shirts chez Paul Smith. Quelles sont les priorités Je te prête 1000 balles, mais tu me les rembourses. Bah, je vais te prêter 1000 aussi pour ta coke. Tu t'es fait une poutresse, quoi. <rire> C'est parce que j'ai besoin de toi. Parce que quand t'es pas là, je suis triste. Peut-être que maintenant, il faudrait vous ouvrir sur des choses un peu plus modernes. Je demande pas de faire du David Guetta, ça j'ai compris. Hein. De toute façon, je vais faire un break avec les soirées. Ça me déprime de vivre la nuit. C'est beau la jeunesse. J'ai 34 ans ouais. T'as de la chance d'avoir trouvé ton équilibre en tirant un trait sur le passé comme ça. Ça, j'y pense moi aussi. Thomas et Guiman Eh ben non, je vous ai pas. En plus, je vais vous dire la vérité, j'ai un petit souci de dress code là. Um, how do I 
where do I begin with with, with me? I mean, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the the place. So I think that the first one I saw mm-hmm. was um, "L'Amour de Jeunesse," um, the English title of which is "Goodbye First Love," mm-hmm. um, which I think was on like a cousin in the UK used to do this sort of streaming thing where you got a free film joined their cinemas and that was the film I got and I watched it and I was just completely overwhelmed by it and it's it's sort of portrayal of a young woman sort of moving between relationships when she's very young and and struggling to work out what she wants and sort of navigating relationship with someone her own age and 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 sort of struggling with the immaturity of a man of a boy her own age and then um, being with a much older man and liking the maturity that he had, but also, but then struggling with the sort of the different stages of life that they were both at, and I found fa- I found that all very very um, moving and relatable and realistic. And the way that she sort of moves on from that at the end of the film is so so touching. Um, so yeah, I I think after seeing that film, I. I was like, right, I've got to see everything else that, that this woman has made. Mm. So I, I remember I had an evening um, a few years ago where I just watched, um, I watched Lavanier, Things to Come. Um, I watched Eden and I watched, well, what was the other one I saw? Why is my brain blanking on this? <laughs> but yeah, I- I already named a lot of movies. Yeah, she she um because I I I was first eight oh it was um of uh, uh, uh de mes enfants uh father of my father of my children okay yeah yeah that's the one it's very good that, yeah uh, yeah it's gorgeous film so I, yeah. I watched those three in one evening um and then it was sort of this this um this difficult thing for me to find to is pardon me uh all is forgiven her her first film which which uh w- w- won the uh louis de luc prize in 2007 a lot for a first feature film um it with um with saline skiama's water lilies which is another one of my favorite films yeah um, excellent and the, the, it, I, I finally found this film it was a screener of it like in the university library um, I had no idea how it had ended up there because it was such a hard film to find. I think it got put on maybe a few uh, like last year or something. So now it's become much more accessible, which is great. Um, but I absolutely adored that film. I just, I think all of her films have this sort of narrative of um, sort of, <laughs> she taps into a sort of existential crisis or, uncertainty that a lot of women feel at various stages of life that she that she's reflecting on um that i find so powerful and moving in a in a very frank and sort of minimalist way that you often don't get in 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 other filmmakers and and particularly for, for fr- french filmmakers sort of the french films that i love like nouvelle vague films it's 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 very much sort of centering on men and, and male desire whereas whereas her films solely focus on sort of female heterosexual desire um whereas whereas Skiama has a, has a more of a sort of um queer desire aspect to it um and then I saw Bergman Island at the London Film Festival last year 
uh, her latest film, which is her first mm -hmm. sort of big English language film, which is yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, was that one? That's a Tim Roth one. Yeah, in yeah, Vicky Creeps. Right. And uh, yeah, and Mia Wojciechowska and Anders uh, Daniel Lee. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, um, we worked. Th we worked through the foursome together. That was that was all us. We did indeed. <laughs> yeah. We did indeed. Um, and that that's that's an absolutely extraordinary film in, yeah. in a very different direction for her. But I think I think in terms of sort of her films and the, and the way they are, Eden sort of stands apart from her other French language films in that it does feel more epic or sort of bit on mm. a bigger scale it has it, it's very french but it's, it's it has sort of hollywood <laughs> elements to it which i think some of her other films don't have um and bergman island perhaps is 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 therefore sorry probably the one that i'd, I'd, I'd most sort of i'd probably pair it with as a sort of i uh, eden's always the film i recommend people start off with with here with with mia hansen's films because it, it is I think the most accessible and and it's just got a banging soundtrack and it's yeah. it really just sort of pulls you in in a way that I often struggle with in real life like I I have I have autism and I have social anxiety and I get really overwhelmed by sort of um the sorts of places that the, the sort of events that this, the characters in this film go to like the raves and the the sort of house parties and things and um for me, watching it on on screen and seeing other people, people who I in some ways can relate to, but also very much can't relate to, um, experiencing these things puts me at a comfortable level of distance from, from what's going on. And it means that I can sort of interact with a world that I know full well, if I was actually there, I'd probably have a panic attack. But actually watching it as a film, um, I, I think it's bringing sort of, a diluted version of experiences to me that, that I might not be able to have myself. Yeah, um, definitely. There seems to be like yeah. a contradiction too with like the way that Paul inter interacts with this culture in this world uh, versus the way that we as outsiders may be looking at this world too, where it's like he's so comfortable and his group of friends are so comfortable and uh, they act like even if they're going to be, I mean, I think even in the early stages of, of his life and in the movie, um, there seems to be this comfortability with him and his friends when they walk into a place, they act like they've been to a place before they don't feel like outsiders ever, <laughs> or at least, uh, it's funny. The episode that's coming out right before this episode is called where are your friends? A movie also about DJs in the 2010s, or that one took place in present day. This one sort of doesn't. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And because this one, uh, focuses on such a large amount of time, um, it's so interesting to see, like, uh, Paul, like, doesn't change at all uh, throughout the movie. Or for me, like, he doesn't, he hardly changes. And um, and everyone's, like, changing around him. And, like, there's there's all this music going on. And, um, yeah, and just to mm -hmm. real quick mention, this is only my third uh, movie from Love that I've seen. And uh, I've, I've, also, I've also done uh, Bergman Island last year. That was also fantastic. And father of my children uh but no the other four i'm looking forward to get to um by the way i was yeah, curious no, though with, I, with I, london I, I, do with... I do recommend them that they're all they're all wonderful in their own for sure um, with london sorry, fest was that in per was that in person i'm it curious was, yeah. oh cool nice yeah it was my my first uh in-person festival sort of post -COVID. that's exciting it was, uh, nice it yeah. was very exciting i got to see 
lots mm. of amazing films that I'm so glad I got to see sort of in a cinema rather than mm. uh, <laughs> or sort of in bed on my laptop on a sort mm. of uh, digital platform that they'd they'd used for sort of the, the, the previous iteration. So that was great. Yeah, I have been curious, like, if there are some some festivals that are curious, I mean, <laughs> that are some online, if people mm. are, uh, are like, sort of muting their excitement for a movie, or if they're overhyping their excitement for a movie, because they see it on their couch, rather than with other people. Yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah. yeah, and I think I, I've seen Eden quite a few times now. Um, it's certainly the, the, one of the films that I've seen the most times. And as I say, I think it's because if anyone ever asks, like, shall we watch it? I want to watch a, a, a film or whatever. I'm like, let's watch Eden. Because it's, <laughs> it's one of my absolute favorites. And I, I, I think, I think almost that even if people sort of haven't seen many French films or you know, I think I think this is a conversation that's being had a lot at the moment. Is sort of about accessibility to to to, to films not in the English language and, and subtitled films. And I think this is one of those films that sort of feels like a perfect bridge to sort of exploring more non-English mm. language cinema. Um, there are quite lengthy scenes in the film that are in, in English. Um, um, so Greta Gerwig plays a, 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 a character in it, which is which is uh, fantastically sort of uncanny. Almost, it's like, what, yeah. why why is Greta Gerwig in this movie? It's, it's surprising. Um, of course, she's yeah. in the movie. My yeah. favorite French I boy. Forgot, Does... I, I, for, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot to mention. But, yeah, <laughs> I forgot to mention Mia Hans the, the other Mia Hansen love film, which I also love called Maya, which um, yeah. premiered yeah. in Toronto in like 2018 and then was never seen again um, <laughs> because the film just didn't get picked up by distributors. It's baffling. Um, I think mm -hmm. I managed to... Especially because that was the follow-up to Things to Come and that was so successful. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was so weird. Um, yeah. And it was, and it, it is really her, her English language debut because most mm. of the film is in English because uh, Maya, the, the Indian character... Um, doesn't speak French, and um, the the lead male character d uh, doesn't speak Hindi, so they 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 speak in English throughout the film pretty much. Um, so I, I I think I managed to get a, D a French D a DVD from French Amazon and and had that yeah. ordered, and I finally got to see it. Um, it doesn't have English subtitles for the French scenes, but thankfully my French thankfully my French is good enough to sort of follow those scenes. But it it, it seems strange to me that sort of the film that was supposed to be like sort of her sort of experimenting with English and trying to mm. make an English language film because her English isn't isn't perfect. She doesn't. Um, but in an interview, she seems to have like pretty. It seems to be pretty good. No, she, she, she her yeah. spoken. Sorry, what I mean is that she's quite critical of her of her of her ability to sort of write in, and direct in English. Um, oh, I see. Okay. She's probably That's quite cool. hard on herself. I mean, having seen <laughs> Bergman Island, which she I believe she directed in English, so. You know, oh, okay. clearly she can, but um, yeah. but Maya is, is 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 another one that I think sort of segues between, you know, sort of what 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 might be deemed sort of art house or or or, or sort of parochial cinema and and something very mainstream like Eden. I mean, the plot of Eden is like classic Hollywood sort of inverted, I guess. 
um, the way I always think it's a coming of age story. Mm. Exactly, but it's it's coming of age in a sort of in a sort of disappointing way. It's sort of, mm. sort of coming coming of age and finding out that it kind of sucks. Um, mm. Or that it's Francis Ha. Yes, well, yeah. there is. Yeah, there there are sort of. May, I I think that's partly why Greta Gerwig's sort of been cast in this film because I do think that she sort of wears her uh, her mumblecore sort of inspirations on 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 its face. This is sort of francophone mumblecore, especially this one. But... Yeah, like yeah, this one in particular. Um, mm-hmm. And I because it's it's based on her brother uh, Sven Hansen yes. Love's. Yeah. Um, career as a dj and 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 the fact that i mean i think if 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 i was if i was Sven, i would probably be quite pissed off with the way that i'd been portrayed as like the way that my career has gone because the way that i like to think of this film is that it's sort of like he sort of falls and then there's more fall and there's never any rise like it just gets it just he just he starts off low and then just gets it just keeps getting he never falls down yeah it's just like falling that's her brother that's uh Sven is her brother. Yeah, yeah that's right. Who uh, also co-wrote. Yeah, he co-wrote it. it. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Uh, and and so, Felix Degevry yeah. was saying in an interview I listened to that it was very difficult not to match uh, how the co-writer was on set, but how he was mm. like decades ago. You know, because like that must be so different right. uh, from how Paul ends up at the very end of the movie. Someone who like draw drops alcohol, drops drugs. Um, like not so much of like I mean he's never really like a loud personality but I think he's much more of a quieter one at the end um, into yeah. into just sort of like conjure up this image of a of like a person who doesn't even really exist anymore even though he's on set with you you know it's kind of funny uh, mm. yeah no that's really interesting I suppose it must be so strange to sort of see a character that is sort of influenced by you in your life just sort of and actually like work with an actor to sort of portray that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it is at a certain level of remove from that. Like, it's, it is entirely fictionalized. I mean, the extent to which uh, Paul is actually Sven, I, do, I, I don't, I don't know. But um, in terms of sort of that, that sort of fall, it's, it's so beautifully contrasted with, with sort of the rise of Daft Punk, and that, that's the real sort of success story of, of, yeah. of this period in, in French music. Um, I, I remember the however long ago it was last year, the year before, when uh, Daft Punk sort of disbanded, um, and my immediate mm-hmm. thought was, "Oh no, I hope Mia's okay." <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. so it's so clear how much she sort of she sort of loves that music in this film, and it's a real sort of ode to that period of French music in in sort of the nineties and into the noughties until that mm-hmm. that genre sort of. Faded away very much in the same way that sort of Whit Stillman's Last Days of Disco is played, where it's sort of like right at yes. the peak of a, of a musical movement and then the way that it sort of declines and eventually dies. I mean, that's another one of my favorite films. Um, I, I very much watch Last Days of Disco wishing that I could be back in the 70s in, in, in those discos. They look much more uh friendly f- to my sort of sensibility than, than perhaps <laughs> some of the rave sequences in eden do um, yeah but yeah i, I thought about last days of disco a whole lot it. yeah during this uh i think uh both movies end similarly for the characters where it's like you know maybe that some things aren't going too well right now but they'll be all right uh because the beckinsale and savigny characters are almost like ending their 
pre-adulthood like the music revolution is and and you can sort of track that with paul a little um that he's he came of age at the end and it's just like he's he's like entering his 30s now i think or something like that Mm -hmm. and like mid 30s and uh, at the very end and, and sort of like now you're an adult right it's like traditionally like you're when you're over 21 you're an adult now it's like okay now like once you like have a family it's like that's that's like it'll hit to me but um i just i just find it so funny that um or i i think it's a really cool um uh decision to have felix de ivory play paul throughout the movie like it's never multiple actors throughout different stages of life it works perfect yeah yeah totally uh and an observation that i had like halfway through uh like he looks like looks like bo burnham like i don't know i I couldn't shake it i couldn't i I, I tried my best to uh uh, shake this off i just it was one of those things like i can't i can't let it go features than bo But yeah, yeah, because Bo has a very much like a sculpted face. Mm-hmm. Like he, there's like very distinct edges to his face. Well, mm-hmm. um, I don't know the actor. I always forget. I forget the actor's name, but the man who plays Paul, Felix um, de Gibri. Is that how you say it? Uh, uh, Felix de Givry, I believe. De Givry. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, de Givry. I'm gonna leave that to you. Soft G. Um, <laughs> Soft G. I, I I don't pronounce French names. It's a, in my writer. Um, <laughs> my contract. Yeah. No, uh, but I... Uh, I just want to say one thing before you... Yeah, it is um, it. Uh, go, go, but this, I just checked, and this Eden was the movie before Greta Gerwig did Mistress America, which I find it interesting that it's almost as if this moment in life that that they'll see different people like come in and out of their lives. Um, yeah. Even though I think Julian here is... Uh, um, she's in kind of a rough spot. We can get into like Brady Corbet in a minute, but... Um. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like Gerwig is very much in, is very much. Uh, I don't know. Like, if someone asked me, who do you trust to make, comp like to com uh, comment on young adulthood, via art? Greta Gerwig is very much the person that comes to mind. Just her work and just her approach to maturing and how that concept is kind of bullshit and how there is no like actually. There's not necessarily a, a period or event of becoming more mature. It's just ha- realizing the world is different as you grow older, and that it doesn't really stop. It like it keeps on changing, while you have to also understand that. Oh, I guess I have to change with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it's so interesting because so right before I watched Eden, I just checked um, the day before. I watched the worst person in the world. Right. Um, literally the night before I watched Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched Eden pretty late um, that night too. I, I, I just, for some reason, like, I think I stayed up till like three or four. Oh my God. <laughs> Not at three or four. It ended at like three or four. Oh, okay. Even um, so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I didn't like do it all nighter. <laughs> um, but yeah. And that, so it was, it was just really fascinating because it also young worst person in the world is is tackling a lot of the same themes of you know young adulthood and figuring your place, figuring out your place in the world and growing up and becoming more of an adult and taking things more seriously and understanding that relationships are messy and that everyone's on a different track. Also, a banging soundtrack. And everyone also yes, a banging soundtrack, of course. Um, but it's just like 
how all of our arcs are different coming in and like how everyone's arc is because yeah like a lot of times i don't know when i think about anytime i talk to people about like actual life stuff like existing whether it be a therapist or just a friend and you're doing existential commentary on living in um, living in the world and existing in a society I, a lot of the stuff, a lot of way I like talk through that shit is via, because like my vocabulary is like fiction and narrative and stories and film and cinema and television. It's like, so like character arcs are very much a a way I think about life in general, as everyone I think is on a character arc. And of course it's not this nice little like arch, not like the St. Louis arch or whatever. It's more bumpy than that. It's more more like a, a roller coaster um but it is an arc that we're all going on and so in worst person in the world it's very much about everyone's different character arc and everyone's on these different tracks and that we meet each other at these different moments and necessarily we're not aligned on the same like aligned um going to the going towards the same destination we're all we just meet each other along the way and we're trying to figure out if we're right for each other if we're right if we're going towards the same path and if we're on uh the same track if we're currently on the same character arc and how if we're not can we make that work or is it just not meant to be and with eden um it's a little more uh it's i don't want to say how to differentiate it but it feels more internalized in the sense of it's very much more about paul than necessarily everyone else and his his relationships do matter in the film but they are so they move so fluidly like you know he had you know um whether it be like his like long-term girlfriend then go switches to um uh to whoever short-term girlfriend that is fun but also cares about him but doesn't really lead to anything um and how it just like it's very much like in and out it like relationships just kind of go in and out for him he can't have any actual stability besides maybe that one relationship that can't even like reach any consistency yeah um, you can definitely track how paul's doing it's more like with uh like the women in his life like i don't know if like we read into that what you will <laughs> it's like uh yeah. louise can provide different things as a as a long-term partner than julia could or, or something mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting yeah exactly. you're saying it, about yeah. sort of the, the 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 sort of way that people's paths are different and i think that's as you say, a real theme of worst person in the world. And I think mm-hmm. it's also, it's interesting you say that because I think because I've, I rewatched worst person in the world again so recently that when I was talking about uh, goodbye, first love and, and, and sort of age gaps and the way that sort of people at different ages sort of intersect with each other, that that's, that's a real theme of these films. And it's, it's something that I think a lot of films are quite uncomfortable to deal with, but European cinema tends to perhaps be more sort of frank about it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of younger right. women do have relationships with older men, and and and, and sort of the, the conflicts that 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 can often have when there is an age gap in a relationship. Yeah, the uh, power dynamics. Yeah, precisely. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think what's what's also interesting in you saying that sort of comparing these films because I think you're absolutely right to do so, is is sort of that that they do seem to both almost mirror a classic sort of Hollywood structure of a different type of film. Like Worst Person in the World is very clearly sort of satirizing a rom-com. Um, and Eden is, 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 you know, films like Last Day's Disco, those sorts of comedies and, 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 and 
and and rom coms as well because it's a very funny film. Um, mm. And I think that that that's that's a really interesting way of sort of framing these these storylines. It's to sort of take something that's that's sort of very much established within the history of Western cinema and and sort of turn it on its head almost and make it something something quite subversive. Um, which I think I think as you say, it's like what what Greta Gerwig has sort of gone on to do herself and it's interesting to see her her sort of film career and the way that she sort of approaches material now and making things like Lady Bird Little Women and um, whatever she's doing with that Barbie movie that's coming out <laughs> um, that she has clearly learned from the filmmakers that she's she's worked with and, absolutely and I think and I think you yeah. can sort of see some I hope you can see some of Mia Hansen love in sort of in, certainly in a film like Lady Bird which is basically yeah. the American the American equivalent of of, of her filmmaking really mm-hmm. um which i love <laughs> i should stress because like uh <laughs> me hansen love <laughs> um her movies always uh, uh felt very personal um mm-hmm. to, to like certain extents in this one um yeah this this feels like one of those movies that you can follow every character and you get like a really solid movie out of any anyone in uh, right. uh that paul comes across um and you bring up Wood Stillman, right. and this almost feels like a movie that could be made in the 90s, uh, yeah. as well as taking place in it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It kind of has that sense of humor that I feel was, wasn't too crass, but it was almost like clever enough to exist in that time. Um, right. Louise, I mean, Louise, could, she could definitely be the star of her own movie. Mm. That, could all, all, that could definitely be like an own separate movie of her mm. Um, her art. Yeah, it's interesting. With, like you said yeah. earlier, Julia. Yeah, it's interesting and different for her to sort of focus on a male character um, mm. so centrally. Most of her other films are sort of focusing, or 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 have a sort of one female character who sort of ties the whole film together, or 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 is there throughout. I mean, she. So I think I think it's interesting how sort of removed she is from this that she's sort of said right i'm telling my brother's story now and that she's able to sort of do that in a very in quite a different way to the way that she she tells perhaps the stories that are more founded in her own personal experience than perhaps this one is um which is maybe why it feels quite different to her other films the directorial style feels different um the way that she sort of lingers on these characters is different um and I, I suppose one of the sort of thinking about comedy, um, one of one of the the funniest scenes in the film is when they watch Showgirls together and they sort of <laughs> pull it apart so afterwards and uh, sort of her <laughs> sort of mocking homage to Paul Verhoeven and 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 the sorts of films that that, that he makes and um, I mean in the like fan base he attracts <laughs> like the kind of exactly. film bros who appreciate. I, I'm a Verhoeven. I, I love Verhoeven. Full Recall and Robocop are some of my favorite movies. But it's also just like, yeah, that's the dude who talks. Yeah. Who's like has to show him this movie. You guys don't understand. It's about American vulgarity. Guys, hey, what, come on. <laughs> He's like pulling up the. I mean, Showgirls is great, but I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure that it's doing anything particularly nuanced. I think it's just a really fun. <laughs> no. Film. Uh, no. And it's well, I think Stan like, is also saying that it's not. Times for... Yeah, it's like not. Yeah, it's it's making its point in that in like capital letters 
Um, I think Hugo Konzelman is kind of the who have MVP like, performance. You have to like this thing, suck. Yeah, those are yeah. the people. No, who I see what you mean. Yeah, like, here's this movie. I've shown it to you three or four different times. You need to like it. It's like, shut the <laughs> doesn't that scene end with all them being like, "We need to get Stan a girlfriend"? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, because because like, um, uh, I think Hugo Konzelman is one of the MVP performances in the movie as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just like a constant mirror to to paul because like at one point you see him with a with a kid and a wife and it's like life is just like running by uh like paul and and you i mean you brought up francis ha earlier i mean like that is that's sort of the thesis of of that one where baumbach is like yeah you can't or it's like it's incredibly easy and effortless to let life pass you by right because it's like that's that's order that's or i mean one of the lines in um worst person in the world is like uh i feel like a spectator to my own life right so yeah sorry it's it's devastating really yeah and and there's these sort of magical realist moments as well in like worst person in the world with like the frozen time and so on and and, and there's the same in Egypt, the sort of animated uh bird which takes off into the night sky which is which is very different for her and there's these sort of almost graphic flourishes of sort of um moments that aren't entirely real um which which i love um because that's her other films feel so sort of indebted to like cinema de look and and the nouvelle vague and the sort of you know minimal handheld sort of um low budget indie filmmaking style that she sort of um almost parodies in in father of my children and 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 this is uh this is a film that sort of goes up veers away from that and and opens her up to something something that that is sort of tapping into a, a wider experience and as you say it is this sort of time spanning film which which um is also something quite different for what we would expect from someone like me uh Hanson love at this, mm. in, at this point in her career that we do follow him throughout this sort of period of time and it's it's quite a relief to that that they just do that through acting rather than through you know sort of Irishman level CGI like <laughs> de aging technology or whatever you know like yeah. um, it's like performances is enough in this case. Yeah. And, right. and as a it result, would be funny if like they they sort of like de age uh, or like <laughs> it would be funny if like Felix Degaveri was like de aged and then like aged up to, to be like, so it's like yes. he wouldn't he wouldn't have to like play either one like his face would just change it's like so are they add, are they adding wrinkles um no like they should uh we should also mention uh this premiered at 2014 tiff and then was selected for 2014's new york film festival um and then like i think it had like a really really small release over here um am i cry- crazy to say this feels more like a cans than a tiff? i well i, I believe that She's had a few movies that can. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Berkman Island so was can. Regular. Bergman was can, yeah. But Tiff, um, I don't know. It like, didn't win any the, awards. I mean, it's not like it's South by Southwest, but it's still like Tiff feels. Okay. I think I was watching, Father of My Children. Uh, sorry, I was, I was going to say oh, I was watching yeah. the, uh, the, 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 um, the premiere of Bergman Island at Cannes was the same evening as the um as the Euros final that England was playing in. 
Um, and I know that loads of English film critics in Cannes decided to forego the new Hanson Love film to watch the football. And I was not happy that I was in the UK <laughs> and could not go and see <laughs> Bergman Island. Yeah. Um, and oh, then it didn't win it. It didn't win any. Yeah, exactly. It didn't win any prizes in at Cannes. Um, but I, I, I was sort of when, when, when Spike Lee accidentally announced that the Palm Door had gone to Tatan at the start of the ceremony, I, oh and God. then suddenly they start, they started like announcing all of the the prizes were being shared by lots of films that lots of films were going. I was like, oh my gosh, what if it's like shared between Julia Ducanau and Mia Hansen Love? I would actually like that. Would, that would just be dream come true but that would be actually really dope sadly mm. no uh, i mean obviously i'm delighted for julia french women taking over the world <laughs> yes please yes yes i would like it's that very much <laughs> um oh yeah yes, I, I was right i just i just double checked that father of my children won uncertain regard at the 2009 can yes yeah. yes um yeah which you know is it's it's, cool. it's that's not the direction that uncertain regard has sort of gone in the last few years is it tends to sort of go for more sort of provocative films than than that one was. Um, although that's mm-hmm. a film where you know it's a very quiet movie. Yeah. So, yeah, and and I mean I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but the, sort of the, the, there's a plot device in that film that that completely derails the whole thing. It takes it in a completely different direction to the one that you sort of expect it to go in. Um, which is really very powerful, um, and and not something that perhaps she's she's done in in her other films as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this, th- I think that is what I love about her films is that you you sort of it never quite goes the way that you expect or want it to go. Um, you know, not everyone is sort of owed a happy ending, or and not everything is sort of tied up in a neat bow at the end. Um, which I which I love that she's she's so willing to sort of pull those threads apart and and, and absolutely it's the case with Paul here that you know he doesn't what does he really end up with <laughs> right like, that's so, true so, certainly very few of the things that he sort of starts off wanting at the start of the film um, and sort of the you know, he sort of tells his mum, like, oh, don't worry about lending me money because I'll make it back because I'm going to be, like, a successful DJ. And obviously there's that there's that amazing sequence where he has sort of, like, the outdoor gig where he's uh, uh, playing one more time and everyone's dancing. And it's like, oh, yeah, people are really, really into this guy. But also, like, he's playing Daft Punk's music. He's not playing uh, Paul's music. So there's this sort of mm. irony to it that, like, he's almost had to sort of use other people's success to to pull himself up to even Mm -hmm. like a small amount of that level of success um and that's been such a critique of dj culture in general and what a dj is because a lot of because and it's so it is really funny that we're doing we are your friends in this movie back to back it's truly just which I One should I should preface in saying that it was a coincidence. Like we didn't be like, "Hey, pick your favorite DJ." <laughs> it's just like, uh, uh, and I thought it was quite fun because, like, I have, I mean, I believe Clay and I hadn't seen both of them, uh, but I knew that they were both about the same thing. I'm like, "Oh, well, that's kind of interesting that it, it just lined up that way." Uh, but different, yeah. very different, very different fields of view. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, which is so interesting. I mean, it's now like the more present, like 
EDM house music. Um, like one is very much about America, and the other is. Uh, I mean, you could argue this one's very global, and with the addition of but, the Corbet and Gurrig relationship, it kind of has this idea that this is happening everywhere. This is not just a French French uh, central culture. But, but they're also very like. Eden is very specific in its genre of music it's trying to explore and like the underground feel of everything. The garage. The overall yeah. like, yeah, but like the overall um, structure of that hierarchy and industry of what it is to be a DJ and to be an underground DJ mm-hmm. and the connections you needed to make and the progress that takes on your career while we are your friends is very much about like the SoundCloud DJs that are inf- uh, infecting our culture. Uh, infecting sounds rough. I mean, more <laughs> like they're, they're, it's just, it's become a wave. Um, it's maybe probably died down a little bit then, uh, since then, though. But um, it's very much, um, it, it's just two very different approaches and two very different um, ideas of what it is to be a DJ and the career arc you go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as someone who is, is uh, becoming a DJ yourself, these are movies that you look at with a very keen eye. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but it is just one of those things where they just take, it, you know, We Are Your Friends is a very much shorter amount of time that it spans through, um, while Eden is very much like decades. Um, and it is just the very good uh, commentaries on DJ culture and what, and like how the main critique, if you ask anyone on the street, oh, what does a DJ do? Oh, they just play music at a wedding. Right. Or whatever they don't no one really knows what they do not nowadays i mean it used to mean a totally different thing i mean when you're an actual disc jockey when you like like they were in the beginning of the film when you take two separate fucking records and you blend them together in a way and you uh, like you tweak the sound um and you make your own kind of discovery Mm -hmm. for it your own discovery of what sounds can merge together and what songs and artists can work together in like um perfect fluidity and like a symbiotic relationship um and then you have fucking um zach afron we are your friends who's just like here's a sound from who's a doorbell here's a fucking uh nail gun and here's like a regular like bass beat and here's some p- piano and i'll throw that together and here's the song mm-hmm. but they are still like djs it's just very two different approaches yeah. and it shows the evolution of the culture and the overall like also what like how people view what a dj is yeah um and it's all i don't know it's really it's just funny it's just one of those things like again that coincidence of me watching the worst person in the world right before this um and also how those movies kind of end in a very similar note a similar note of self-reflection something that's kind of a downer it's just kind of like a more real it's just kind of reality settling in it's like oh we don't really get the happy ending but we can kind of but we figure more things about ourselves and where we want to go and also understand the problems we have and uh understand how we're we understand more about our career arc and where we're going rather than just like keep in like just instead of still like being in the middle of this huge wave of confusion and pondering uh what possible direction we can go into Mm -hmm. it's like more of a it's a downer but it's also more of like a, a more like moment of self uh, reflection self-discovery of just our overall approach to young adulthood um even though i think uh it's never said how long like how old um uh she is in the worst person in the world at the end because it's like a very much like a 
she's she's approaching 30 she's sort of late very late 20 okay okay because it just they don't have like a 2010 to 2017 or whatever like they don't have like a so okay that makes sense um and but it's discussed because he's the her um her partner is is played by someone who's about is forty four, I think. He's about fourteen years older than her. And she's Just about me. thirty, right? But at the very end of the time jump, like between, like when he, right? How old she is at the end of the film like... is what you mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure how much time has changed at that point because yeah, it's it's sort of what's interesting is that it can't be that big a. A, a time gap because she obviously she's written the article about hashtag me too and oral sex and then later and then at the end of the film right. she's wearing a mask because she's she's mm. she's she's um during a covid shoot so it must be sort of somewhere between sort of me too uh, uh, moving forward to to sort of 2020 2021 yeah probably like a three or four year difference something like also that. something that i'm um, noticing is like uh love and trier ended the movies at um present day right because i think this movie ends uh 2014 yeah. 2013 yeah, it ends in like yeah. 2013 yeah, yeah that's, that's, right. it, that's or like i should say yeah. when they shot the movies not when they came out when they shot the film no yeah no no definitely um and that's that's really interesting because it's sort of the journey that mia hansen love went on as well and i think a lot of her films sort of did that because she she was in a, a relationship for a very long time with um Olivia Sayers. Olivia Sayers. And their age gap is crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't quite remember. How old is Mia? She is 41. She's 41. Yeah. And didn't mean uh, to like jump over you. (laughs) No, that's all right. And she was in, she was in a couple of uh, Asias films when she, when she was younger and she sort of, she started off working Mm -hmm. for Kaido Cinema, wanted to be a film critic, decided that she hated that. Um, Olivia Sias is Sias is sixty seven currently. Yeah, Sias is sixty seven. So he's 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 like okay. So he's like what twenty six years older than her. So it's not mm-hmm. not quite as bad as I thought. Um, he's married to Maggie Chung. Wow, that's, he was married to Maggie Chung. I I I, I, I during that, Irma uh, Eve, wow, for, 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 for just over two years, which is uh, yeah, which is interesting. I mean, yeah, crying. Forgot. Um, yeah, yeah, but she, she no. I, I mean, like I learned, yeah. uh, I learned about Asias and Love shortly after watching Bergman Island. Mm. That puts the, the movie in such a different context. Just when it deals with like creative partnerships and the, right. the nature of how how does how do you create fiction out of something that's right in front of you that right. you can pull so easily from, but is is something left um to is something left to to be life and then something else is to be into into narrative right because it's like you can't what do you pull from your relationship then you should make from whole cloth it's yeah there's a lot going on in that movie then that's very quiet yeah Hmm. yeah sorry i i just noticed that that uh uh, she's she's currently working on her next film, which is a mm. French German drama film. So that's a is it not slated for this year or next year? I think whole new direction. Um, 
She's she began filming it last year, so I would expect it will be on the festival circuit next year. Mm. Um, yeah, Leia Seydoux awesome. is the is the lead. That's that's. Uh... Of course, any Leia Seydoux has to be in any French movie from now on, mm. <laughs> since it seems like she's done with American films, mm. which oh, I don't mind. Uh, Pascal Gregory, that's interesting. Sorry, I'm just getting distracted by. No. Her yes. films. <laughs> no it's, 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 it's in, well, I, I was more looking because I'm interested to see that she's sort of going back to making a French language film next. Um, I'm quite pleased about that. I was slightly worried that she was going to sort of sell out on her roots and, 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 and leave her. Her, her she's going to make the new Marvel movie. She, what, about well, that. that is that's oh the real fear, right? Is like that she's get out of here, like Kate Shortland or. Uh, Chloe Shaw and sort of, mm. you know, make make Ms. Marvel free or whatever the heck they've got yeah. in the pipeline. I think, um, I think we lost Bowden and Fleck. They've they've departed us. So. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah. I mean, what are they doing now? I don't. I don't know. Cause they I don't did, know. Um, like, they did Mrs. Yeah. America, the 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 TV oh, that, series. That was no, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and I, it's just I, like I, they're I, so above. A lot of people did. Yeah. A lot of people do. It's not a show, but no, it's just like they're so above Captain Marvel, and it's like, okay, we just gotta like get them to make their own movie. Yeah, I know. I don't think that 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 Mia would 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 do that, but then you know, there tends there's that there's that weird trend in sort of film criticism now to bring everything back to Marvel and to superhero movies. Like you interview one of the greatest sort of uh, European directors, like, what do you think about Marvel movies? Are they cinema? And it's like. I don't care. Is that film criticism or just like shitty journalism? Oh, it's, I mean, Could... both. It's shitty film criticism and shitty journalism, I guess. But um, yeah, it's interesting, sort of, because me and Hanson Love sort of does do a fair bit of sort of interaction with, with, with press, more so than perhaps some other French directors do. She seems, she always seems I mean, you mentioned Claire Denis, and with. that's a perfect example, who is, like, very perfect. sheltered with any, and, any sort and of Q&A. Tends, &A. To, tends to take offense. She hangs out with uh, Barry Jenkins, though, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I, I sort of put, I, I very much see uh, Hanson Love and Skiama's careers sort of in parallel, as I said, like, the, the, the fact that Water Lilies and, and, and um, and all is forgiven sort of uh, are at the same festival, same year, win the same price. And then they're both just, the trajectory of their careers is so fascinating. Um, hmm. I don't think that Hanson Love has quite had sort of a success like um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is just yet. Um, yeah. but... If anything comes close, it's got to be Bergman Island. Um, yeah. But even yeah. then, yeah. It's... I, I mean, it's... I, I, I would sort of, you know, Eden is my favorite Hanson Love film, Portrait is my favorite Skiama film. So I'd sort of, for me, those two, those are like top tier sort of um, modern French cinema for me. Um, I, mm -hmm. I, yeah. But it, as, as I said, sort of at the start of this, I think that Hanson Love is sort of dealing very strictly within sort of um, heterosexual romance and, and Skiama is not and i and i think that <laughs> maybe maybe that's something that you know other filmmakers have done whereas skiama is sort of presenting the female gaze in a very 
unique and new way that the other directors perhaps haven't done before or are doing and that's why why portrait resonated on such a on such a mass level um which is interesting yeah. because really you know something like eaton you'd think would have more mainstream appeal than than a queer film like like mm. portrait of a lady on fire but that's very true i yeah. guess it's the way that mm. yeah i mean i'm glad that um, I, mm. I i i do i i would like to think that that when Bergman Island finally gets, uh, I mean, it hasn't even been released over here. Has it been released in in the states yet? It's on Hulu for us. Uh, VOD. Yeah. Okay. Because it, has, it hasn't had it, it hasn't had any form like, of like, release over here yet. So um, hopefully, I watched it on Hulu. Right. Oh, it's on Hulu. Mm. Yeah, it's. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Hopefully, when it does come out, I thought it was just here, on VOD. Sort of but no, you're right. I remember now. Launch. Uh, greater interest in the film um, and more people will watch it um, mm. and, and, and go Certainly. back to and go back to her earlier films I think especially with sort of the star appeal of the of, uh, as we said sort of the, the lead cast of, of Bergman Island it should mm -hmm. and and you'd think that with with having Brady Corbett and um, and Greta Gerwig in it that sort of people would go back and see those films as well you yeah. I, I certainly hope so um and yeah, um I, I didn't have I, no idea Eden I mean Greta was in Eden yeah. until I looked at the IMDb which I kind of kind of sucks because I'm like I wish I was surprised by that like because if I saw like I had no idea and I saw her pop up I'd be like holy fuck it's yeah. Greta Gerwig yeah, yeah. Like, that was like, especially that was like, like the, the, the editing <laughs> oh that's awesome the editing in this is so invisible that like once he cuts to New York you're sort of like where you sort of like need to readjust, readjust yourself and especially like the chapters are broken up so infrequently, like they run such different lengths of time. Mm -hmm. um, but no, like that's a really good observation about Skiyama and love that Skiyama, I think is also dealing with another sort of frankness yeah. uh, in her movies about relationships and desire. And um, yeah, they're not caught there. It's, <laughs> It's almost like they're not copying each other, but they're yeah, there's certainly like similar themes being discussed. Yeah, they're in conversation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I think we mentioned we've mentioned a whole lot about our praise for Scalman in our portrait episode for sure. Um, but I'm talking about I hated that movie. Yeah, yeah, gross. Yeah, I just I I can't get over. That movie, but I know no, you're joking, but it still hurts I just... to like hear that said. <laughs> I, I love that movie. Yeah, I do yeah, like yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I like the movie so good. Like, we can't oh. even. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know, we I know. can't even. Like, <laughs> we can't even remain in that in that bit where it's just like I can't do it. Yeah. Um. We already talked to him about him a little bit in our Clouds of Sils Maria episode, but Brady Corbet. <laughs> Mm -hmm. has just like a really funny filmography because in 20 yeah. like 10 to, to like 2010 2009 he's in so many like indie like critics darlings projects and then in 2014 he's in the miniseries of olive kittredge uh and then just like goes and makes children of a leader and vox lux what, no where did he play in eden uh he is he's julia's new boyfriend yeah like when when Greta, Paul goes Greta to visit Gerwig's him like, uh, during PS One, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Himbo. I think first, <laughs> no, and first, that's what I wanted to say about his yeah. character. I, I just really, I'm sorry. I just, he's really, I just find it very funny the amount of choices he's making, where it's just like yeah. he's all like sweaty and like loud, like, like I don't know, just like very uh, a lot of business going on. But yeah. sandwiched in between uh, Eden is Clause of Maria every, and then like mm-hmm. before is that is like Force Majeure, and while we're young, he has like a really weird part in that one uh no it's and then like yeah it's just like you said weird career but i find i find him fascinating um mm. there was a picture the uh, of the vox lux in... tiff premiere yeah uh, uh that i think Sorry, of I was, constantly yeah. or it's like it's it's him uh natalie portman and jude law and he's like dressed as uh how the jude law character dresses uh in the movie it's it's very <laughs> uncomfortable but <laughs> um yeah i was just gonna yes. say that i think the first thing i saw him in was thunderbirds when i was a child as um <laughs> as is it alan tracy That's yeah he is alan Tra- he's alan tracy and then um he was in the uh, hanukkah's american remake of funny games um yeah. which is a wild yeah, yeah. like so unhinged and yeah. tim roth you, so you know he's one of, he's one of the boys he's next to Michael Pitt as like the other, uh, I think it, I can't remember the, the other like guy. Yeah, he's like one of the. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah. crazy, and yeah, yeah, and then he makes one of the worst like directed films I've ever seen, which is Childhood of the Leader, which I absolutely hate. Um, mm, and yeah, it's it's, it's both so of those movies are I, quite and, divisive. And I, yeah. I think the reason what the thing that it's most comparable to me is. Uh, um, Le Mépris by Jean-Luc Godard, um, Contempt, where, where you have um, Jack Palance and um, you, and um, uh, the Fritz Lang. Is it Bridget? And, uh, um, Bridget Bardot, uh, yeah. I thought we were trying to think um, of the actress. Bridget Bardot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you have like these different people who are sort of like emblematic of different like periods and movements of cinema, like Fritz Lang's in it, so he's like sort of old European mm-hmm. cinema. Jack Palance is like contemporary American Hollywood. Bridget Bardot's like sort of the symbol of like the the, the sexual revolution in France, sixties, that kind of thing. And they all just sort of like the way they interact and sort of clash with each other. And it's almost like when I was talking about sort of Eden as like this sort of faux Hollywood like pastiche almost or, or like a sort of satirical look at sort of Hollywood rom-coms and, and, and sort of the genre conventions of that and trying to subvert them. It's almost like having actors like Brady Corbet and and, and, and and Greta Gerwig in this film is that though they are sort of there to symbolize symbolize that that genre, but it's sort of not not critiquing, but sort of brushing against and playing with in ways that her previous films hadn't. Um I think it's really genius casting to have those two actors in it and it can feel jarring but it, i think it does that quite deliberately rather than just sort of being like hey let's have a greta gerwig cameo like like you would think if it was like if you were watching an american rom-com and there was a scene where um one of these actors showed up you'd be just like oh that's a fun cameo whereas here it feels very pointed mm-hmm. and like it must have some sort of reason for doing that um which i think is is, is really clever yeah, definitely. It, 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 and it shows like Mia Henson Love has her finger on the pulse fairly well with casting them at a time oh, absolutely. when they're 
when they're but it's not like household names but like when they're in a movie in a festival it it just shows like they have great taste and um yeah it's very interesting roles um and how they've intersected i don't know i just i just find the whole scene when paul goes to visit them when he's back in new york um uh and by the way before they arrive in new york like his life's like starts to like like you can see him falling down like that sort of motion that we discussed earlier where it's like cyril won't go to new york with them and then like he gets in that fight with that fight with louise and so it's like things are not going well um mm. over there and then like once you get into it they're not going well <laughs> um but no and then it's like um once you get to julia and uh apartment it's it's almost like such a weird like there's no there's no riffing there's no banter between them like it's it's you kind of feel like there there was never any chemistry between folks to guyvery and greta gerwig you know because it's like mm. um even even in their point yeah it was a, yeah exactly no that's true um i don't know it's just like there was they're there they don't have fun together like i i suppose like that's that's how it would it, it that's how it would make you feel after so many years of seeing another person that you really liked at one point in your life but it, it's just like it feels almost uh, on purpose to have them feel like they're meeting each other for the first time because they're at completely different stages of their life mm -hmm. they're completely different character arcs mm -hmm. that it just you're not going anywhere in the same direction anymore it's just completely different show you've shown this movie to like friends of yours mm -hmm. right that like when they're that you've been able to like hey you should watch this what's their re reaction have been? what's the reaction been like because i'm very interested because I've, I've always i always find it interesting when people try to introduce movies to another person yeah. um and how they like when i do recommendations i like to tailor their taste and like all right what are your interests what do you like mm -hmm. okay here's a movie that's streaming blah 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 um but like films like this that don't necessarily it's like you know i, I don't know it's like, hard to pin down what this is it's hard it doesn't right. i don't know if i'd stick to a genre like like how other movies that we've discussed around this movie i don't really think in my eyes stick to a genre like last days of disco and francis ha you know so it's it's interesting in that way yeah i think um when i have shown it to people it's all people have always enjoyed it very much um and actually those people have sort of gone on to to rewatch it themselves and share it with other people i think uh i, I I think that the story is just such a sort of universal one and one that people love and the sort of narrative and, and the sort of world that it exists in. It's a very beautiful film um, and it's, it's, it's very compelling. I mean, considering it is what, like, it's one of her longer films. It's 131 minutes. So it's over, it's over two hours long. So it's, it's not uh it's not, it's around it's the length of one ambulance crazy yeah. yes it is almost as, long as, ambul yeah. as, as ambulance um and yeah i think i think it resonates <laughs> with people uh, that's what i've always found anyway um it's a very fun film um i don't think it's you know it's, mm. no film is for everyone i'm not saying that that normally i can sort sure of, yeah i could i can sort of tell when people like Especially if people are like, oh, I want to watch like more female directors or, oh, I want to watch more French films. It's always the one I recommend because it's like, this is, 
it's, have you it, shown it to people who aren't necessarily film nerds, like just like regular Joes? I don't associate Joes. people who are who aren't film nerds. Um, <laughs> that's a good. That's a that's a good. That's I'm a joking. Good philosophy. Um, but no, I don't think I would. I think I would only share it with people that I knew liked yeah. films. Um, it's like when we knew, right, I, exactly. given that you sort of allowed me to, I mean, other than the films that you'd already discussed, you sort of allowed me to choose any film from the 2010s that, 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 that I wanted to talk about. And like, I was glad to see that this wasn't one that you'd already talked about because it is, I think, mm. probably other than, other than Portrait, maybe it's my, one of my, definitely one of my favorites of, of, of the past, uh, past decade. Um, and yeah, it it feels very unique. I mean, like you you said about sort of DJ films, like I can't think of that. I've been trying to think of like other really great films about like this specific form of music industry. Like there's some really good documentaries out mm. there. Um there's one called right. Underplate, which is really Especially good. with Daft Punk. Like there's a lot of people who re examine that era and yeah. like, oh, where did Daft Punk come from and all mm. these documentaries, but Nothing really yeah. narrative. And it's really bold to like focus mm-hmm. not Daft Punk as well. Like they're in it and the film to some extent is about right. them, mm. but it's not focusing on them. It's yeah. not like yeah. it's not a yeah. biopic about like their rise. Like people people know that they did well, yeah. right? <laughs> like Right, exactly. Yeah. I was... Yeah, I think that's the thing with biopics should be I think that's the more interesting biopics nowadays. It's not the person who did well, it's the person on the ancillary. Yeah, yeah? totally. Who didn't do well, who failed. Those yeah. are the people who are more interesting because I think that's the issue with like whether you're doing Elton John or fucking Freddie Mercury, where it's just like, yes, we know those people. Mm. They don't. I mean, they didn't have a ton. We of, can like, read Wikipedia yes, entries too. Yes, right. But like, yeah. we could read a biography to maybe know like stuff they didn't show on the surface or whatever. But mm-hmm. we don't necessarily need a movie to understand who they were because so much of it they were so public and so successful that it's hard to escape their persona or their brand. But the people who weren't, who still like who went, who were in the middle of that industry, who got tr- like who went through the meat grinder, mm. that's in- that's more that's just more captivating, much more yeah, compelling, and, and 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 I think for most of us more more relatable, right? Like not everyone has mm. these yes. sort of astronomical successes. Um, people, you know, right. I said I said at the start sort of that you know this is a film about sort of fall and fall. I mean, I don't think that. That, that Paul is entirely a sort of a failure. Like he has successes, he does mm. well. Um, he has a very normal career, one that most people trying to get into an industry would have or even hope to have. But yeah. because of sort of the success of his contemporaries and the people around you, it can sometimes, there is a sort of inferiority complex to that where you feel like you're not doing as well as someone else it's inherent in a creative industry yeah exactly Um, an inferior complex and uh because the back half of the movie doesn't wallow in his pain it's almost like that's the accessibility or that plays a part in the accessibility of the movie um it's not like you know he says he's addicted to drugs and he has a problem with alcohol uh those things aren't shown physically it's a very internal struggle I think uh, that lends to the movie very, very well. Uh, We also, I just want to mention again, because it didn't come to mind as easily as I wanted on our Maps to the Stars episode, that um, Love and Mercy is excellent. And I think that is a biopic that gets a famous musician quite right. Um, 
because it does something with the passage of time that this movie does very well. Um, and just breaking up into like very distinct chapters, you know, it's just like, you have to be in my eyes, concrete about why this moment in time in the person's life matters more than the other. And uh, you have to like, I don't know. It's just like, just, uh, I love love and mercy. Yeah. How, how I, um, I haven't seen that sorry. in a while. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to ask like how accessible this film is where you are. Cause I know in, in, over here it's like pretty easy to get hold of like on dvd and it's on um bfi player which is a pretty big streaming service now um and, and mm. amazon prime um what how how easy oh, cool. was it yeah. for you to sort of find it yeah well i i before that i um i had the thought about bfi player that my only exposure to that has ever been marker modes uh introductions for the the films and i'm like Wait, what? what's bfi player it's a streaming service uh yeah, it's run by the british film but I, I i hadn't mm-hmm. yeah oh can we get it with a vpn like, yeah, i don't know i haven't tried a, in the in the same way that i'm able mm-hmm. to use criterion channel like with a vpn right like mm. <laughs> yeah oh right right yeah. right right yeah right. not not that i not that i use criterion channel <laughs> No, of course not. Of course no, not. that wouldn't be. That's not legal. Why would you? Why I mean, would you do things illegally? That doesn't make I sense. I pay. Look, I I I pay, I I pay for Criterion Channel. I don't get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a crime. Okay, you could be in jail. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think. Yeah, this movie is actually <laughs> pretty readily available for. Yeah. <laughs> no, this movie is actually pretty available for us. Uh, it's on streaming services like Tubi. And Pluto TV, Ooh, which are both um, free services, uh, although they would have ads, um, which I will gladly take over paying for streaming. It's just so funny though when you're watching Eden and then like a fucking like uh, like a paper towel ad comes up. It's just like <laughs> what, what a what a like Dow. Uh, what, what's it called? Bounty or whatever. Like just a bounty ad of like paper towels, and it's just like. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a weird dichotomy, I guess. This yeah. is just what we're doing. Like while while I was prepping for our Ten Cloverfield Lane episode, like it was getting to the end and it was a very intense scene, and then it's just like, do you have like or it was like a Viagra commercial, like totally unrelated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> um shout out to Brian and Doyle. We are uh legally obligated and contractually obligated to shout out Brian Doyle anytime we mention Past and future guests, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, of course. Yeah. Has he has he been a guest? Yeah, on Mud. Oh, that's right. I can't remember. I didn't I know if you were j- I didn't know if you were joking. Okay. <laughs> I did because I just can't remember all the episodes now. Oh. I don't, but, no, yeah. no, that's we, fine. We've yeah. done like a hundred, like hundred, a hundred of these. Yeah, I mean, like more than a hundred. I think nearly one hundred and thirty. Um, wow, that's very oh, impressive. Gosh. Yeah, last time I checked. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> I don't I can't know. We haven't stopped. I don't know why we're doing this. Uh, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> just stop either. this. <laughs> we get to meet cool and smart people. That's mostly the, the, That's true. the thing. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, sorry that you had to put up yeah. with me for this week. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is wonderful. No, don't worry. Take that I, back. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm not letting that go. Take that back. You're wonderful and <laughs> yeah. smart. Don't. I don't. I wanted. I just want to say that one of 
one of my notes I have written down was Golshi Farhani cutie pie because <laughs> when she shows up, that is just like oh, incredible. Like I think she's excellent in everything I've seen her in uh, with the uh, collaborations with um, Asghar Farhani. It's just like yes, yeah. Um, when as did, one of oh, she she's Paul's. the one who like jumps backwards into the swimming pool, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Great scene. Great scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde joke is really corny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a film of, of of gorgeous people doing gorgeous things, which is what you want from a film. That's just French cinema, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone's gorgeous. Yeah. It's a banging yeah. ass soundtrack. An absolute mm-hmm. banging soundtrack that I have now adopted into my drives. Uh, when I'm driving, I, I'm playing the new Denzel. Oh, that is another thing I want to shout out. The new Denzel Curry album is fucking fire. Uh, I've also been playing the Eden playlist while I'm driving, and it's just so, it's like perfect driving music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just like it's it's. Perfect. It's interesting to think like this one has a more pronounced soundtrack than We Are Your Friends does. Uh, yeah, I, well, I suppose, longer, but also it's, it's covering like real periods of like. If we are your friends, like I said, it's just much more like singularly focused and so much in the sense of I'm not singularly focused, but it's more how do I say this? No, I think you're right. I know I know what you're trying to say. It's more it's more that it doesn't We Are Your Friends didn't have to have music that was of that scene. It could have had like a very twenty fifteen right. uh pop soundtrack that would have just been in the moment. It didn't have to be right. the music that Cole is working on. Yeah, it's about in my like, eyes. Or the music. evoking a yeah. period in the same way that like last days of disco. Yes. I mean, which I which I, I I think is probably the best use of popular music to like evoke a specific time period yeah. in, in in a film. And and I think yeah, this for sure, it equally brilliantly in sort of the 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 the, the, um, the change in time and the way we move towards sort of mm. uh, a more modern era in the same way that last days of disco does. Like so yeah. good. That, no, that, 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 Clay, if you like, need another, if you need another driving soundtrack, let's just disco. Last Holy shit! No, 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 that, 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 that might be yeah. my favorite compilation soundtrack ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so, that's another reason to shout out our best and future guest, Brian Doyle. I know he, he's another one, another person that loves that movie. Yeah, it's just perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. Would you have? I mean, we've talked about this in relation to. Uh, portrait and in relation to Skiyama's career, would you have anything else that comes to mind? I, apologies for putting you on the spot. Um, that comes to mind for French cinema of the 2010s that sort of defined the decade as what? What is what's like a, a poster for? It's like if you want French cinema to be like this is what we achieved. Uh, but the sunshine. As, in, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's, that's yeah. An Denis. Show. Yeah. Uh, raw. Uh, yeah. The Julia Duke canal. That's yeah, another, certainly. That's another yeah. absolute favorite. Um, I'm not sure what else is coming to mind. I, I'm looking at my letterbox <laughs> to see if I can quickly try to find something. <laughs> and of course, my I feel like that's most of the show was... is what we do. Just it's the guests and us. It's just us looking like, oh, what did I say on letterbox? What did yeah. I say on that? Yeah, it's just like. Well, yeah. <laughs> when you when you when you watch as many films as we do, like you have to. No, seriously. You, yeah, you, yeah. It, it's a, it's sort of like externalizing your memory of, of, of films that you have seen. Um, Especially like professional critics who are paid to watch like a god God knows how many movies. Where I'm like, where I'm not like 
that's not my job so i can go without watching certain movies but like with people with their, their job and they have to go to festivals like the amount of films people that you guys must see yeah is just when, when you like go when you go to like a festival for like four days and you've watched 30 films and then you have to write about all of them it's like i don't remember what these films were leave me alone like mm-hmm. come on <laughs> um, that's like a tough task to ask of anyone let alone critics i i'm really like in awe yeah. that some can do it <laughs> well i mean I, I i'm sort of only really at the start of my career so i don't know if i'm uh the best person to sort of comment on that but from the ones i have done it's it's pretty exhausting um Raw's really the main one that's sort of coming to mind. I'm sh- I'm, I'm I'm certain there are others that I that I love. Um, oh, um, Jeune Femme, that's a great one. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really beautiful film. No, I I um I was gonna say that one that left us a bit. Uh, I feel like one that didn't really work on us as well, and to see how one. Age that we covered oh, a few. Oh no, no! You're gonna say what I think you're gonna say. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking of French movies we covered, not so much ones we no, haven't. No, no, you're right. No, you should mention no. it. I'm just, I'm just now, just like, oh, I have to think about this movie again. Which film? It's called Blue's Worst Color. Oh, I hate that film. Yeah, I know I it's not it good. So much. Thank but, you. Yeah, oh, I thank figured, God. It, okay. makes, <laughs> it, it makes me want to crawl into. It a makes my stomach hurt. Um, it's as long as the Batman. And it's it is um, it's yeah it's, it's don't uh, compare those two. Okay. All right, okay. the Batman well, is pure. It's innocent. It's okay, great. well, we're just comparing the runtimes. The runtimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, 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 yeah, no it's. Um, I don't think you were. It's. I am. It's. It's such. Abdulatif Kashish is is a director who makes yes. films yeah. purely for his personal sexual gratification. Yeah. Um and I think that <laughs> blue is the warmest color is is a perfect example of that. And like, I, I guess I can kind of live with like the weird like scissoring scenes. Like, fine. Like, sure, if he thinks that's how lesbians like to get off, then sure, whatever. But it's the it's the sp- like the spaghetti fetish scenes that I find the most sort of difficult yeah. to get through. And the fact that neither okay. woman has any sort of real personality beyond what he has sort of told them to have, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't, I can't do that film. It's yeah, it's very very bad. Um, it's not good. It, it, it I still I bad. still find it very funny that uh, I believe Steven Spielberg was can jury president and give it yeah he was he was he was um, so ta- he, he was well, the story is so funny because he was so taken mm-hmm, by yeah. it that he wanted the palm to go to kashish to adele xajoblus and to lea Sedu. and kashish was so angry that he had to share it with two women and that he didn't get it on mm-hmm. his own but he sold his palm and then he used the money from the auction of selling the palm to fund the two Mektub My Love films. Yeah. So those and the, the ass movies. Yeah, the ass movies. Yeah. They're like four hours yeah. of jiggling ass. I still don't believe are out yet. If I'm uh, not they came out they came out here. I think they went straight to DVD. Uh, um 
Yeah. I mean, the the, the yeah. reviews Straight were porn you weren't exactly the, the the reviews were just sort of universally awful. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I just I just want to say that it was very funny to think like when a filmmaker is the head of the president or or the president of the jury, or if they are on the jury and they give mm-hmm. the palm to a movie that they will never make, like by giving it to uh, uh, to Tatan is another example. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's such a bold choice Ooh. and one that I absolutely love. Like, it it's it, it so deserved it. It's such an incredible piece mm-hmm. of filmmaking. Um, that, yeah, yeah. that was one of the films I saw at London Film Festival. That was like, ah, oh, oh, it's cool. good. I'm so glad I'm watching this in a room filled with people who are all squirming as much as I am watching that film. Like, it just the fact that like Spike Spike should be on more juries. Yeah, he should be on every film. Yeah. Well, he should have decided yeah. the Oscars because the fact that Julia Ducanat wasn't nominated for <laughs> director was 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 embarrassing. Um, I, do, I, I yeah, do, it was I, it was unfortunate not even to see Tatan like make the shortlist for yeah. international. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't even think France submitted it, did they? Yeah, I I can't recall. Um, I yeah. The French have bad taste. Let's just say it. I mean, I they, mean, I mean, they, you saw what happened. Movies, you saw what happened taste. with the Cezars, right? When Portrait. Mm-hmm. Airport, like they gave it to fucking Polanski. Like, come on, bravo, yeah. Lapidophile, as but also, uh, Adele Nell said. They, right, and they also submitted the Les Miserables. That Le- Les Mis, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny, like people will say, like, I know they didn't submit Portrait, but Les Mis is really, really good. It's like, but they still didn't submit Portrait. It's just like, it doesn't even matter. Also, um, who are these people who are like Les Mis? Is, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I. I it's not that I, Les Mis just, was better. It's that it's not bad. And it's like okay, but that's not the issue here. Yeah. Um, it is bad if it's compared yeah. to Portrait. That's the thing. Also, I should shout out that certified copy. We have uh, another French film that we've covered on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Kirstami's last movies. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, just masterwork. Like, oh my god. I can't I've believe... talked about how I had Juliette an Binoche. insane crush on Binoche, right? I've talked Who about doesn't I mean everybody does. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I I, like this is join, something that brings join, all human beings together. Join the queue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Just God, that woman. All right, sorry. I don't want to <laughs> turn the podcast into okay. this, but yeah, too uh, I sometimes on the pod. I just, like just in the middle of the day, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, we live on the same earth as her. How is that possible? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I'm looking through French movies of the decade. I cannot wait to cover Faces Places. Um, one of Agnes Varda's oh. last movies is just incredible, astonishing. Yeah. Like, can't very say enough good, good about it. Um, yeah, very, very good. Film. Yeah, it'll be interesting to break into the Dardens too. They have like a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I mean, that's Belgian cinema, really? just to be clear. But like, it's different. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack. <laughs> but French, okay, French language cinema. No, 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 you're right. And um, yeah. two days, one night is an incredible film. And Gotti mm. is so great. Um, yeah, definitely. Right. That's I a, saw Rosetta. Um, recommend in a film class, mm-hmm. and that was. A sobering experience yeah. watching that with a group of people that you don't really even know that well mm-hmm. it's just like especially that last scene we're all just like like holding our breaths and it's just like i don't even know you people this just feels like a weird thing to watch with it's just like a insanely intimate film to watch with people you don't even like i couldn't even i can't think of me i think i think i'm one person's name in that whole class mm-hmm. and it's just like i watched one of the most intimate movies i've ever seen with those they're people. basically strangers nice. yeah, yeah. Their right. latest film was mm-hmm. very bad. Oh, man, yeah. I think... I can't... What was their latest film? What film? Um, 
What is oh. it? It was the one about the boy who was a terrorist. It was very bad. Yeah. Um, it's, oh no. Yeah, it was a few years ago. I don't even no, know I know. The I know film. It... That sounds bad. No, I I know the one that you're. Um... Was uh... it the Book of Henry? Oh my god. <laughs> okay. That is Colin Trevor. He's a boy that's a terrorist. Young Ahmed. That's what it was. Is that what Book yeah, of Henry right. is actually right. about? I had no idea. But yeah, it's called Young Ahmed. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very poor. No, film. Book of Henry isn't really about that, but it, oh. he's kind of a young. I don't know. Was Young Ahmed? That was like 2018, 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yeah, very poor. Okay. We're going to do Book of Henry at some point, right? That's going to happen. Enjoy. I mean, would we bring it to somebody? <laughs> no, they would. Bring it to yeah, us. Would, yeah. Like we need to do like I suppose it, yeah, I suppose there's 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 definitely like something in sort of looking at sort of passion projects that filmmakers made after they directed something incredibly financially mm. successful. Uh it's also just insanely bonkers. Like just yeah. the plot is just like you like I, I love the genre of films where you don't see it but you read the wikipedia and you're like holy fuck that was a movie that's like mm-hmm. my, one of my favorite genres of movies you never see but you read the wikipedia plot and you're just like dear god how mm-hmm. this was this was allowed mm-hmm. yeah. yeah whereas right. like you know you look at what yeah. sailing scammer made after that, making yeah. portrait like petite maman it's just the perfect sort of mm. film that she could have made it's after that, that. It's, is it's, that it's, out in the states yet i believe it's out in the states in a few weeks Right. Yeah, very soon. Oh, but well, you, it, it's, it's, it, you just make it happen. Scored, you, right. just, you control these things. I do. Uh, I'll, I'll make it happen. Uh, I'll get right Jesus on it. Christ. It's, it's I know, so gorgeous. I I, I've been keeping it, it from you it for too a, long. It's it's it, like soul food. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's great. It's a sweet 71 Wait, you've seen it, Jack? How the fuck did you see it, Mr. Draper? <laughs> uh, our, one of our friends... Past and future guests uh, had a screener of it. Kyle Motto and Kyle uh, was yeah. it Kyle? Yeah, it was screened. Um, Kyle never does. It was it was the virtual virtual Berlin festival. I think it was screened during. Like um, that. yes, and there was a there was a festival for us last summer, or last fall, um, that had it. I, That's right. I can't recall, but anyway, mm. yeah, Neon has it. I'm sure, or Neon has it, doesn't it? Don't they? Neon, I think so. I think Neon does have. Um, it. I'm sure, they have a yeah. lot of things. Mo- Mo- Movie had it here, but I think I think it's Neon where you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Neon had um, worst person right. in the world, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, and uh, portrait. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, they're doing they're <laughs> doing well. It really sucks that worst person in the world didn't get a single. I I don't want to talk about the Oscars anymore, but it is it just sucks that it didn't even get it. it yeah, win anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least at least like it was. I mean, the fact that it was up for screenplay is actually kind. Of, it is kind of cool. Um, it's the fact that it cool, lost. It's the fact that Trey lost to Branagh. Like, come on, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not Branagh. Yeah. Anyone. I, I, it's it's a it's a bummer. Anyone for? <laughs> I know. Yeah, Maybe that's the... beat him up. Oh what God. if we just all went and just beat Ken Frana up? I feel like okay. What what happens after that? Like we we we, 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 we just we just get Will Smith to beat the shit out of him. It'd be great. <laughs> someone has to. Someone has someone to. has to. Feels God. like he's someone has to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or like, do we um... sort of like rub off the name or write in like Joaquin Drew or Spurs yeah. in the real world? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
some kind of vandalism or crime <laughs> must be committed. Yeah. I think I think it would be funnier Somewhere. if like every other Oscar Oscar nominee for original screenplay like went to his house and it's like Ken, we have some words for you. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, sure. all right, yeah. Let's Ken's do a favorite scene. scene. Yeah, What's favorite, your favorite scene. scene, Lillian. Favorite no, 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 please. No, 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 yeah. Been yeah. Going on for a while. yeah. Time differences are that's all right. Weird. Fa- uh, favorite scene in Eden. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's the best scene? Please. Yeah, why don't you go first? Yeah. Uh, I know. Or um, would you like to go last? No, I, I, I will pick one. I will pick one. I'm going to go with, yeah, I, th- I think it's the one more time scene when he's like DJing. There's like the massive outdoor party. I think that's my favorite bit. I also just really like before I go like how the movie differentiates between garage and um and house music like it's pretty cool in the beginning where it's like oh wait it's not just like and you keeps on saying a few times like it's modern disco and it really does have the feeling of something that's old and new I suppose mm-hmm. um one thing that we didn't really talk about that much is when one of the girls that enters Paul's life Margot um Champagne. Champagne. 
Vous avez quoi comme champagne euh, Mouette, euh, cru que piper. Piper, une bouteille. Une bouteille. Et je suis mais complètement crevée, quoi. Tu veux laisser sur un salon Ouais. D'ailleurs, faut que je te raconte, c'était les derniers jours, là. C'est pour ça que t'as pas répondu à mes coups de fil. Quel coup de fil J'ai rien reçu. Eh, donc figure-toi que je suis une experte pour tout ce qui est funéraire. Comment ça Bah oui, je travaille pour un salon funéraire. Un peu la mec des croque-morts, quoi, tu vois Inhumation, crémation, euh, marbrerie funéraire, tout sur un collab. Et c'est très intéressant. Sauf que là, aujourd'hui, j'en pouvais vraiment plus. Il enfin, faut dire que j'avais pas dormi de la semaine. <rire> la potatine, voilà. Et dans le stand principal, il n'y avait que des cercueils ouverts. Mais certains, genre super luxueux, je te jure. Intérieur en soie, euh, molletonné et tout. Donc, je me suis dit, euh, je vais rentrer dedans, je vais dormir, quoi. Why not, tu vois Mais je comprends pas, c'est ce que m'a dit ma collègue au moment où je montais dedans. Et tu comprends pas. It's one of the weird bits of comedy in the movie, but it's like they're at this bar together, and um, it's like once you really start to feel Paul's financial trouble, and uh, it's like they're they're joking about like dying in caskets and they're like really tired from work or whatever and it's just like it's really fun because like he's like so clearly trying to work up his courage to like have a relationship with her but but it's like she keeps on like ignoring him it's like such a weird uh relationship dynamic because it's a little bit different from every other relationship that we've seen um yeah that's another really like, very clever part of the movie too that i i think None of the girlfriends feel anonymous. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Which is nice. They have a personality to them where it's like yeah. they could have they're easily been the, like. Yeah, they're um, not just there for him to like yeah. sleep with, right? Like there is definitely. Exactly. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their they own. have agency, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So my scene is going to be when they're in America um, and he's with Louise. Um, he goes to, um, it seems like, I don't know if it was like a bar or a concert venue, but one of his heroes was playing music. I don't forget the name, but like they're in America, they're in this like uh, um, mostly black bar, it seems like, and they're uh, just dancing, feeling themselves to um, just music uh, that was a DJ that he was super fond of that at the, at the, after the end of the show, he goes up to and says, I love your work. And mm. you know what scene I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
like this that i mean the use of music i mean even if i don't know like narratively you take out well if you know you take out all the like actual plot and significance and themes and stuff just some banging ass scenes of them just vibing out to music yeah it's just i love i love whenever like the crowd is like singing along to the songs harmoniously like it's it kind of reminds you of some moments in lovers rock a little bit that's like that's right that transcendent everyone's also just like bouncing around and like sharing these looks and connections with each other and it's all uh, this physical movement that's so happy and joyful and also just like uh you know you know goes with the rhythm of the songs and stuff for sure really blissful and really really awesome yeah yeah um, um yeah. I think the person you're thinking of is uh Clara three three thousand that who plays DJ Silencio. Although like I may be just confusing the characters. Okay, good. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Maybe and also pretty, Loris Met plays yeah. Margot. And uh she's really she's just like really good. Um mm-hmm. yeah, that whole thing is like really like um like real I don't know. Like I just I find it like like it kind of stuck with me after I, I watched it because it's like um uh stan is like miss bourgeoisie is really enjoying herself over there and it's like they're just like, trying to defend her like oh my god you just really like find her attractive <laughs> like, like it's like right. not even hiding anymore yeah but yeah. really good lillian crawford thank you for being here it's been absolute blast having you thank you so much it's been such a pleasure and thank you for indulging me and in talking about one of my favorite films it's uh it's Anytime. been lovely thank yeah. you Thank you for bringing it to us. Yeah, uh, if you'd like, if you're working on anything right now, and you like to shout out any work that you plug have, plug your social media. Yeah. Anything? Yeah. 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 Uh, any so, words of wisdom? Oh my god. Okay. Uh, well, my my social media <laughs> is all like at Lil Croft, which is like L I L L C R A W F. I just had a um, an essay and a BFI booklet come out all about uh, post-war British female documentary. Uh, doc- documentarians which is uh, what I've been sort of working on um, got a few other things I'm working on at the moment but I'm, I'm often in like Little White Lies and, and um, other publications like that so yeah um, words mm-hmm. of wisdom did you say perfect 
No, please. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know where to. Yeah. Uh, my oh well, the best wisdom I can offer is that everyone goes and watches all of Mia Hansen Love's films because they will enrich your life. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and I, I, yeah, I read that beautiful. there was a festival that programmed a, a series of her movies, which is very cool. Um, that must, yeah, I, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to finish up her filmography because um, it seemed like doing it all in one sitting seems like very doable and that's pretty cool um yeah this is this yeah is by and the fact that you wanted, film. yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah yeah exactly so if like if this is the cutoff then it's like you don't have much like and it's not like one of the other ones have like an intimidating runtime but yeah uh the fact that if i caught if i recall correctly you're one of the first people to advocate for Pelham Presker, Pressburger movies. Uh, it's a win in my book. <laughs> Instant invite back. <laughs> Lovely. Thank but you. yeah, I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper and at Letterboxd at the same name. My writing on film is at The Simple Cinephile and Boston Hassle. Um, and yeah, this movie in the US is available on Tubi and Pluto TV, like we previously said. Clay, were there any other services for you that you saw? This was a I mean, I think on. it's just available on like iTunes and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, her movies are all streaming. pretty. I mean, besides uh, her first one, was all um, like streaming somewhere. I think. But yeah, no, I saw it on Tubi. So cool. Shout yeah. out Brighton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone can follow. Uh, and then, always. Yeah. I, it's contractually obligated. I have to shout out. Yeah. Shout, shout and also out BFI player in the UK. Uh, and next episode we have "Call Me by Your Name" with Lena Wilson. Big one. Yeah. Yeah. Another. Yeah another episode where we talk about age gaps and yeah <laughs> great just, great yeah. great yeah, just not one well, not not that i've seen it since we found out that army humble was a cannibal so <laughs> i know that, yeah. that, we have unfortunately that'll be fun, yeah. that'll be fun uh, retrospective analysis i'm sure yeah oh god it's mm. it was so fun um we do mention it at one point yeah i i, I yeah. promise you uh and um, i traveled to italy to record it i think we should announce that now um somewhere in north italy yeah, yeah, and yeah we also yeah, time yeah. traveled back to the 80s this is very very complicated That's very impressive. logistics were nuts yeah <laughs> um everyone can follow me on twitter at uh birds of clay same on letterbox you can follow me on instagram at mr clay williams you can follow the podcast twitter account at ett pod you can follow uh you can send us an email at exam 2010s at gmail.com uh, you can subscribe, rate, uh, and review on any podcast platform you listen to us on to, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Uh, please stay safe. Please be good to yourself. Good vibes all around. Uh, thank you all so much. Listen for to the soundtrack. Yes, uh, that's true. Last, that last is, Days of Disco soundtrack. Perfect vibes. Uh, perfect vibes if you need it. The best quick shout outs for uh, any other soundtracks before we sign off. Uh, no, that comes to the top of it. mind. Oh. Okay. No, not I got just, nothing. Just I these. Got nothing. That, that's that that'll see people through. Yeah, they, that's yeah. all you need. That's and also for writing the uh, "Call Me by Your Name" soundtrack, since we announced that it's coming next. Uh, yeah, that's a oh, great yeah. soundtrack. That's a good call. I have um, I have that on Peach vinyl. It's gorgeous. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, there yeah. You go. Oh, we yeah, talk yeah. about that. <laughs> we talk about it. that. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, we had to. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, uh, thank you all. Uh, we'll see you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s. Mm-hmm.